thankful today that we can see victory in the Lord, that we find our victory and our hope and our strength in him today. Uh, we truly are a strategic people with so much great foundation of hope when we know our God, the Bible said those who know the Lord will do exploits. Amen. And I believe that that's God's will for us as a people of God, not just, just to be present, but to be powerful in our faith, uh, to be a peculiar people. Amen. A people who are not ordinary. It's okay not to be ordinary. Amen. It, it's okay not to be like the world. Uh, a people that are able to connect uh, with that which is uh, in, 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 in need of a Savior, those who are in need of a Savior, yet still be able to maintain their faith at a level uh, that God desires us to maintain it. I'm thankful today that when I have reached my limitations, that I have found power in God's Holy Ghost. Amen to be there and to make up the difference in my life for that which I cannot do. I don't know how, how anybody would think they can live this life without God. And I, I'm not judging when I say that, but I'm just saying I, I just, all my life, I've always depended on him. And uh, I just cannot see myself doing this without him. Amen. Uh, I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful that he saved me at an early age, but I'm also grateful that God is no respecter of age person. Amen. That he will save you at whatever age you call on him. He will deliver you and he will be your Lord and Savior. And uh, if you will stand with me this morning, I want to read very familiar scripture from the word of God. The title of this message would simply be Welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. When you have it, say amen. I'm scared to take my jacket off because that's what everybody that I talk to tells me. That's what they're waiting on. <laughs> so I'll probably take it off in a minute. Acts chapter 2, very familiar scripture. A very powerful scripture has been preached in so many different perspectives, yet with the same message. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I want to go there to verse 2 and read that again. And as I'm reading this, I want you to just imagine in your mind the excitement that was happening on this day. They were praying. The Bible said they were praying. And then suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
Father, we ask you that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary today. Lord, that you would take this vessel, that you would anoint it of the Holy Ghost and speak to every man, woman, boy, and girl. Father, that's here and watching by social media today, that you would speak to the very heart, that you would stir up a desire, God, to experience this precious, precious gift of God. Lord, that you would stir up within our hearts a reminder of the importance of yielding unto the precious Holy Ghost for those of us who have experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And God, that you would cause the church to rise up in the anointing of the Holy Ghost again. Lord, that we wouldn't be ashamed of your presence or of your spirit. And Father, that we would be very, very available to you to use us as you will for the kingdom purpose of God. And Lord, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Look at somebody around you and tell them God is good. Hallelujah. All the time and all the time God is good. I am grateful today to know that I have had the opportunity many years ago to experience something that many times in my childhood as I would study the Word of God I found to be missing from my life. I found a relationship with God that would be vibrant and that would be so true and so life-changing in my life from the time I was saved and God began to do His work in me. But I realized that salvation alone was not going to give me the power to live the life that God wanted me to live, that I was going to need a relationship, not just an experience, but a relationship that would be an ongoing relationship that I could draw strength from, that I could draw whatever it was that I would need in my life from God's great grace and mercy as I made my journey. And many years ago, I found out that there was a thing called Pentecost. I was raised in a different denomination. We talked about Pentecost. We sung about Pentecost, but we did not really preach Pentecost. It was taught to us that it was something that went out with the apostles that the gifts of the Holy Ghost were not in operation anymore after that time and after that season that it was no longer needed except that the apostles were endued with it. But there was something inside of me as I continued throughout the years to long for some answers. Anybody ever needed answers in your life? I'm not lost. I'm just letting the Holy Spirit lead me this morning. I needed some answers. I knew God was real and that he had saved me. I, I knew that when I had gone down to the river and been baptized that I came up a new creature. Amen. I was a child of God. 
I knew my name was written in the Lamb's book of life. And I, I tell you, the Bible reminds uh, us that we're to testify. It's all right to testify about your salvation. Amen. And I'm reminded one day I came uh, to know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on a Sunday night. Uh, standing there uh, as the preacher began to give the benediction. Uh, and he stood at the altar and he gave the altar call. Anybody ever had an experience where they were holding on to the back of the pew with all your might, but down deep inside, Brother Ronald, you felt like you wanted to move, but you were holding on. You, you couldn't really describe it. You were just, just trying to, to, to hold on, yet you still knew you needed to go, but you were somewhat fearful, and I, I'll never forget that. For oftentimes I'd heard the preacher say, if you'll take that first step, amen, the Lord will take the rest of them. I want to let you know that when I finally took the courage to let go of that pew and I stepped one foot out in the middle of the altar, a nine-year-old boy, I don't remember another step because I believe God's Holy Ghost, amen, led me all the way. Somebody ought to give him glory today. I'm telling you, I believe when we step out in faith unto God that God will do the rest. And I knew God had saved me. And as I began to, to age and to grow in the Lord, I realized as I studied the word of God that there were some things that I was interested in. There were some things that, that I believed was necessary for my life. I believe God wanted me, amen, to experience some of the things that my Bible talked about. Can somebody look at your neighbor and say we need Pentecost today, amen? Oh, I, don't, I didn't just want to stop at salvation experience. I needed to be sanctified and Holy Ghost filled. And the more I studied and the more I read, the more I realized there was more to it. Amen. Than just going to an altar of prayer. Amen. And giving your life to God. There was a promise. Amen. That Jesus said he would send us the comforter. And I believe today that that is the very desire that brought me to a place where I was able to experience because I wanted it. And I'm telling you, we are living in a generation where we need to pray that people will want it again, where they will desire it again, where they'll seek after it again. My goodness, we need a Pentecostal experience again in our life. It didn't just happen in the book of Acts. It'll happen in your car. It'll happen in your bedroom. It can happen in your church. It can happen on your job. It can happen wherever you're at. I'm telling you today, it wasn't just something that happened in Jerusalem in an upper room. It happens for whosoever will desire the baptism of the Holy Ghost in their life. Well, preacher, if it makes me act like you, I don't want it. I can't promise you it'll make you act like me but it'll make you feel so good deep down in your sanctified soul. It'll change your life forever. Amen. Amen. 
Is it all right this morning, amen, to celebrate what we believe? Is it all right this morning to celebrate, amen, the articles of our faith, to believe in the Bosatai, in the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Somebody ought to stand right up right now and say, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost today. We celebrate an experience of God's grace. Salvation is most important in our life. You believe that? You can't get to heaven without it. But some of us can't be good church members without the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need the Holy Ghost, not just for the gifts of his power, but for the fruits. Amen. For the fruits of the Spirit. We need salvation to get to heaven, but we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to do the ministry that God has called us to. Woo! Somebody smile that I can see it on their mask. Glory to God. I'm not ashamed, Paul said, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to all them who would believe. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. There was a, a time when Paul said, though I speak with tongues more than you all. He said, I really, you gotta realize something. Amen, I, I operate in the Holy Ghost. See, Paul, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. He wasn't ashamed of it. He didn't go around, amen, preaching about the domination of the gifts, but he preached Jesus Christ, and he yielded himself to the Spirit, and as he did that, the gift of the Holy Ghost became operative in his life. I want to go ahead and tell you, you may have the gift, but you can't do nothing with it without the Spirit of God in your life. Amen. You can't heal unless he releases it. You can't prophesy unless he releases it in you. You can't do these things. You can't have divine words of knowledge and wisdom unless the Holy Ghost in you Come on, somebody. Where are you going with this? Jesus said that I need you to go to the upper room, not the gossip shop. I need you to go to the upper room. I don't need you to go anywhere else other than where I've asked you to go because it is going to be here that I am going to manifest this promise that I have declared unto you. He said you're going to go to the upper room in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want to tell you today 
day that Jesus was directing them to set themselves in obedience to the position of the declaration of his promise in their life and not everybody that got word to go went. There was over 500 that were invited but only 120 showed up that day. Somebody ought to thank God. Amen for the ones who show up. For the ones who have a heart. For the ones who want it. For the ones who's not ashamed of him. For the Moshanda. For the ones who have a passion for him today. Your passion is important because his passion was the ultimate. The church, just like anything else, has a potential to lose its voice. Help me, Jesus. The church, just like anything else, has a potential to become nothing more than an existing facility. The church, just like anything else, has the potential to become nothing more than a series of religious ruts. Ruts. And you know when that happens, what the problem is. Oh, let me let me preach. Let me Religious ruts is when you try and drive down the road in muddy situations without the Holy Ghost. All you're going to do is dig holes and spin. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't accomplishing nothing. Jesus knew that without this gift, they would not be able to accomplish the, the ministry that he had called them to. They needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He knew that they were were going to need the empowerment of the gifts. And and, and as they yielded unto the Holy Spirit, that they would be operative in them. And and so as we see the importance of being there, we ought to see the importance of showing up even now. Amen. And saying, God, I need... I need, somebody shout, I need, I need the Holy Ghost in my life. People don't preach on it anymore. Come on, somebody. Many don't tarry over it anymore because they're just as satisfied with a good song and a sermon. But I want to tell you that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is better than a good song and a sermon any day. Can somebody give him praise? My 
Give me the Holy Ghost again. Amen. Hearts of passion saying, get out of my way. I'm on my way to the upper room. Get out of my way. I'm on my way to meet with God. Give me somebody that'll say, I'm going to shut my door and I'm not coming out till he's come down and filled me again in my life. Give me this. Oh no, preacher, we're too sanctified for that. We're too dignified for that. Amen. Give me somebody because this is a person and a church that ain't going to get stuck in the ruts. We're going to pull through it by the the power of his Holy Ghost. Give me again a Pentecostal desire. Give me a passion to pray. Give me a heart to obey. I ain't lost. My heart's broke. There's two places you ought to have peace. In your home and in your church. And we need a move of God. So preacher, you judging us? No, I'm talking about God's people. I'm talking about Stoneville by itself. I'm talking about God's people. We need a move of God. Don't we? Don't we? Don't we need a move of God? If we don't have a move of God, then we're going to do nothing but spin ourselves into the ruts of religion. We need a move of God. We need excitement again. Not because we get to be a part of the blessing of what God has provided for us to worship in, but be excited because when the note strikes, my heart is going to be in tune and I'm going to worship when the preacher preaches. I'm not just going to sit there staring at him like a calf at a new gate. I'm going to be like David as a deer, pants for the brooks and streams of water, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. Give me a better move of God again. The reason why folks don't want to go to the upper room again is because there's sin in their life. The 
they hadn't been redeemed and washed in the blood of the lamb or if they had they backslid on God or if they had they got some things in their life that they feel guilty I don't care what it is get it under the blood and get a fresh feeling of his Holy Ghost in your life we need a move of God again This ain't coming out like I planned, but let it come on out. I believe when they got to that upper room that day and they began to pray, my Bible says they were all in one mind and one accord. That didn't mean maybe they didn't have any differential about them. They, everybody does. Thank God. I'm glad everybody don't dress like me. Everybody ain't going to worship like me, but they were in one mind and one accord. What was the accord they were in? Wasn't a Honda. It was a place of union. It was a place of unity. It was a place Well, it didn't matter what sister so-and-so had on. My mind was on the Lord. It didn't matter who was leading the prayer meeting. My mind was on the Lord. It didn't matter. Dear God, ain't this some good? I'm trying to stay away from y'all, but (laughs) Brother Dallas Hard. It was a union that put under their feet the foundation of what was most important. We're not up here to complain about each other. I'm telling you this, as I told somebody yesterday, you can find Paul, Peter, James, and John. If you stood them right here before you, somebody going to find some kind of fault in them. I go a step further, and if Jesus was standing here, some folk even try that. You're not going to find someone that you can't find something that is different, whether it's sin or whether it's just different, whether it's a fault from the eyes and standpoints of humanity. But what we need to do is get into a union. A union that says, I want this that God has for me more than I want to hold a title or a position or be important. I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, not only for for those reasons, but also for the reason of this, that ministry can flow through my life in a productive way. In a productive way. It should be a productive way. There ain't nothing that's productive about disunity. Nothing. None whatsoever. Somebody shout amen. So when we get to that place in our heart where we say union, unity, we're in one accord. 
We're saying, God, I want everything you have for me. I, I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Sanctify me and, and fill me. Set me apart. Cleanse me. Do whatever you got to do in me. Because the purpose is not about me being religious. It's about me being the child of God that God has called and positioned me to be and equipped me to be and have a purpose and be effective. Because it's not about the position it's about the kingdom. It's not about the name on the church sign. It's about the kingdom. You can name it any name you want to name it. But if kingdom work is not being accomplished, we've lost it. Amen. It's about kingdom work. As we celebrate Pentecost, we focus on the sustaining power. Anybody ever been through something, didn't know how you got through it? God's sustaining power revealed in the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. And it make you keep praising him when you want to cry. It'll make you keep going to church when the whole world's turning back on you. It'll keep you going to the altar. Y'all mad with me yet? It'll keep you going to the altar when you want to shut yourself up in your home and don't come out. Has anybody ever been there? Anybody ever had one of the moments, Brother Dennis said, I just don't think I'll go back to church. I believe I'd be a good Christian right here in my house. It's too much. The pressure's too much. There are too many hypocrites. You know what that is? That's a sign you need to draw near to God. Amen. It's a sign. He will give you strength to keep doing what you do even when you don't feel like doing it. Oh, I don't think I can teach Sunday school anymore. I don't think I can sing in the choir anymore. I don't think I can serve in leadership anymore. I don't think I can do this. That ain't nothing but the enemy speaking to your mind, trying to tell you what you can't do. But I'm telling you deep down inside, when you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he'll give you strength you did not know you had to go through what you did not know you could go through. He is an empowering God today. He will give you that strength. I remember. Y'all like memory? I'm trying to stay out of the crowd, but I remember. Years ago, riding down I-95, it was about 4 o'clock in the morning. I was tired. On my way to work, driving old 76 Ford pickup truck with a three-speed on the column. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I used to love that truck. It was daddy's, and I drove it all the time. 
I was on my way to work. All of a sudden, my eyes closed. I fell asleep. I don't know how far down the road I went, but I know it must have been a few miles. It was on a straight way, thank God. It was a straight. When I opened my eyes up, steady down the road I was going, but in my mind I knew that I had fallen asleep and did not know how I had got from the point where I remembered to the point where I opened my eyes. In my heart, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, stay awake, but I got you. I got you. I kept you in this moment. Have you ever been through a something in your life and you did not see it? It was a blank in your memory. You didn't know how you got from point A to point B, but the Holy Ghost spoke to you and said, I had you. Even when you didn't realize it, you were coming through a thing. This is the empowerment of God's Holy Ghost in our life. He will keep us in the midst of what we can't even control. Give him glory if you want to. He keeps us. I know I got to hurry, but y'all give me about another hour. I'm just picking. He brings us through. Ain't that enough to want? I don't know about you. You can't buy that kind of insurance. They don't sell it. But thank God he's giving it away for those who want to meet him in the upper room. He's giving away an insurance policy. Amen. A promise of his Holy Ghost that'll keep you in the midst of it all. I don't know how I got here. Must have been something going on on the inside that he was working on the outside. It was God's Holy Ghost gives us the gifts of his accomplishing power. The gifts of the Holy Ghost to be released into the heart through the baptism of the Holy Ghost and to work by the Holy Spirit in his accomplishing power. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 said, Therefore, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Don't go broke trying to be religious. Kneel at the cross, amen, and let him freely do what he desires to do in your life. Some folk will go broke trying to get to heaven. Amen. Because they buy into an image rather than an experience. The gifts of the Holy Ghost are the revelation of His presence in your life.
believe that? Just because you shout, you might be without. Gifts of the Holy Ghost are evident through the life of one who's experienced it. In some way, those gifts will operate in your life. If not all, some. As the Spirit wills, he gives severally unto men. But the Word of God said when they came out of that upper room, one gift was evident. The initial, this is what we believe. How many Pentecostals we get in the house? I'm not telling you you got to speak in tongues to go to heaven. Don't get me wrong. That ain't what I'm saying. Get that out of your mind. When they went in that upper room, the Holy Spirit came. It was like a mighty rushing wind. How could they hear that mighty rushing wind? Because they got in one accord. They got in union. You can hear things you couldn't otherwise hear if you get in the right place and in the right mindset. And they heard a mighty rushing wind coming and, and, and after praying for so long and, and waiting for the promise, the Bible said that, that the Holy Ghost came in and sat on them as cloven tongues of fire in the upper room and they began to speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them the utterance and they came out of that upper room that day speaking in tongues. I would to God we'd have an experience like that in our Pentecostal churches again. My goodness, let us come in, have a move of God, and when we walk out, everybody will know we've been in the presence of the Holy Ghost again. It don't happen like that anymore, preacher. Yes, it does. It can. It can. The gifts of the empowering as they come out was evident because of the tongues they were speaking and that's what we believe to be the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. I used to question that because I said, well, how in the world can somebody be filled with the Holy Ghost? Maybe they don't speak in tongues, but I've heard them prophesy. I've heard them give words of knowledge or words of wisdom. I know they could not have had that unless God gave it to them, but I've not always heard them speak in tongues. And, and then I, I began to study it, and a, and a dear brother bring, brought revelation one day, and he said, Brother Brett, it didn't say that everybody would always speak in tongues. He said that was the initial evidence. When the Holy Ghost came in, the tongues came out. But then also Paul began to say, do all speak in tongues? Do all prophesy? No, not all do. But the gifts are there through the baptism of the Holy Ghost that will operate in our lives. Whether gifts of healing, how many want to see that? The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation. How many want to see the Holy Ghost moving through the gifts in the church again? 
we come on, we, we, we need more than a hand clap today. We need to say, God, have your way in this church. We want to see the gifts operative in the accomplishing power of ministry. I'll say this. Christ knew we needed the empowerment of the Holy Ghost that we would be able to accomplish. Paul said it like this. He said, I planted. Apollos come around and watered. But God gave the increase. What's that saying to me? I plant. I water. You plant. You water. But God inside of you, through the giftings of the Holy Ghost, accomplishes the purpose of the body of Christ, or the, the church, and he accomplishes the purpose of the church for the kingdom work of God through ministry, through the giftings of the Holy Ghost. He gave us the map and the provision that we can be an accomplishing people, winning souls for the kingdom of God and walking in an anointing that defines us as a peculiar people. How many don't mind being peculiar? I don't mind being peculiar. Well, I said, oh, holy roller down there. Man, anybody ever been called that? You ought to have had. If you hadn't, you ought to have had. Well, you know them folks hang from the chandelier. I'd have to get a ladder to do that. A peculiar people. You know, they sing with their hands in the air. Read your Bible. David said, lift your hands unto the Lord. Amen. If you feel like doing it, it's okay to do that. You know, their music's loud. You ever heard that? Where I've ever been, us holiness folk, we like loud music. I think it's good. It drowns out some of the devils talking in your ears while you. Try. <laughs> Amen. Had a lady one time come to me and said, "Preacher, I just want to tell you, there's a lot of folks that she come to the house. That there's a lot of folks upset." Because of that loud music. I said, really? Well, give me a list of them so I can go talk to them. Because I don't want them upset. I want to talk with them. Let them know we're not trying to upset them. She didn't have a list. We kept right on going. We, we, try, we try to be, you know, respectful. We do. But we're peculiar, aren't we? Well, you know, here... He just speaks in tongues, or they'll they'll come to the altar, and sometimes they they'll be laying in the floor. I had one get upset one time because we was pastoring a church, and somebody was laying flat on their stomach at the altar with their head down. That looks like something they do in the living room. 
Why is he doing that here in the church? I mean, really. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It looked peculiar, but his heart was passionate about what he was seeking. I feel that too, sis. Was passionate about it. I don't care if you got to get on your face, flat on your stomach, if that's what it takes for you to get from God what you're seeking, then do it. I don't care if you got to stand on your head. Whatever you got to do, it's that important, amen, to get in tune with God and to get in contact with God. Preacher, we don't need all that. I'm telling you, David, when he came with the Ark of the Covenant, began to dance till his clothes fell off. His wife began to ridicule him and said, it's peculiar, you're a king. Put your clothes back on. You're making a fool out of you. But David said, I'd rather have the presence of God in my life than I had miss an opportunity to worship him in my son that of in my life. You better believe I'm peculiar. it's okay I'll go ahead and say I don't have all the answers but I know one who does yes and I think we need to get our eyes fixed like David again and instead of looking upon others as his wife looked upon him, look upon God as David did upon him. There's nothing more important in my life than being saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's more important than my wedding. That's more important than my children. That's more important than who I sit under as a pastor. It's more important than where I go to church. God help us. He gives us. I'm coming to a close. Can you come on to the piano, please? He gives us power. Accomplishing power. Sustaining power. And then finally, maintaining power. For these folks that say, God's still working on me. That's a true statement. But sometimes that's all it is. Because I meet more and more and more in this generation, a rebellious generation that has creeped its way. And I'm not talking about rebellious against leadership. I'm talking about rebellious against God. A rebellious generation. Don't care what God says. Oh, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Let me shout. Let me look spiritual. 
But God, if I've got to make something right and go and apologize to my brother, no, 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 Lord, I don't need to do all that. Or if I've got to, if I've got to, if I've got to do all those things, Lord, I don't want to do all that. I'm, I'm just going to be rebellious. God, if I've got to worship you that way, then I'll go find me somewhere else to worship where I. God, if I've got to testify, if I've got to be faithful, God, all I want to do is go to heaven. And all you told me to do was just accept the Lord, and I did that. I don't want to do nothing else. It's the mindset of the enemy. Can I go ahead? I'm going to say something. Y'all don't be mad with me. I'm just preaching the truth. Y'all know it. Parents don't bring their kid, make their, make, 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 make their kid. Kids go to church anymore. You let me tell my mom and daddy I wasn't going to church. Brother JB, you know what it would have been? It would have been no upper room experience. You let me tell them. Our younger generation is not being taught to revere God. If they can't even revere God, don't you expect them to revere anybody else? My fear for God makes me respectful to those around me. God help us. What's happened to the church? We've become loose in our living when we should have been maintaining. We ridicule the saints of old who had it together. But now because time is pressed on, we look at them like, hey, they were just overbearing. Let me tell you what their overbearing got them. It got them in the presence of God. Their faithfulness got them in the presence of God. They took their children to church and those same children are sitting, many of them are sitting on pews today telling somebody what mom and daddy did. Amen, falling asleep under the pews while the Holy Ghost was moving. But I was at church. We need to be dedicated. We need to be more dedicated to God than we are our own life. Because without Him and dedication to Him, we truly don't have what He desires for us to have. Job, uh, Jude said, the book of Jude, the Bible said that we're to maintain, stand with me if you will, maintain. Our lives, maintain our lives in the Lord. What, what do you mean by that? I mean, not only is the Holy Ghost operable in our life as we've had the experience that the gifts of God can work through us in the accomplishing purpose of His kingdom, but also the Holy Ghost inside of us Helps us to maintain our walk. How many has ever had a bad thought and the Holy Ghost said, uh-oh. 
Amen. How many has had your flesh? Your flesh just want to do something and the Holy Ghost said, uh-uh. Whoop. And how many has ever had your mouth open up and the Holy Ghost just... We've all been there. If you've had the Holy Ghost ever do that to you, this is keeping power. Maintaining our walk with God. What does maintaining do? Helps us to yield to the Spirit inside of us. The Bible said, don't quench the Spirit of God, whereby we're sealed to the day of redemption. Quench not. Quench not. Somebody shout, I don't want to quench the, the Lord. Quench not the Spirit of God. Jude said it down to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present, prevent, present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty. What's that song y'all singing? To God be the glory. What was it? Glory to God. Help me here. Glory to God. Amen. He deserves that. That's a new song too. That's a good song. Glory to God. To him be glory, dominion and power both now and forever. Jude said this way in verse 20, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, pray, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Maintaining, maintaining by relationship and through the intervention of God by His Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I'm going to send a comforter. That upper room experience consisted of a teacher, a guide, a comforter, an empower. The Holy Ghost covered everything we need to make our journey. Jesus saved us. He sanctifies us and He fills us with the Holy Ghost. Not everybody received it. Some didn't know about it. If you know about it and you've never experienced it, I pray that God will stir up a desire in you so deep and so passionate that you'll do whatever you need to do to surrender yourself into that position of accord in your heart with the Lord that he can have his way in your life. Paul was ministering. The Bible said he come across some men. He asked them, said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we didn't even know nothing about the Holy Ghost. Didn't have a clue about it. And he prayed for them and they received the Holy Ghost. I want every head bowed, every eye closed right now. If you will, for a moment, no one looking around. If you feel a need, you want to come pray at this altar, we're still going to social distance. But if you want to pray, you, you come. We're not going to say you can't come. We, it's available to you. We'll still pray for you. But how many knows that just as some folks will get flat on their face, lay flat on their back, kneel on their knees, or do whatever they feel like they need to do to position themselves to get a hold of God, that God can simply 
answer your prayer standing right there where you're at. And maybe today, it's been a long time since you've yielded. Maybe years ago you were baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and you've just not yielded yourself unto the Spirit of God. And you used to speak in tongues. You used to give out messages. You used to work in the gifts of the Spirit in your life. But you drifted away. I want to I want to say to you, if, if you desire that closeness to God again and that obedience to God again, that faithfulness to God again, and where He's calling you, just lift your hand where you're at. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to pray over you. And I got, I've got more. Just hold your hand there just for a second. Maybe you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's Pentecost Sunday, and God has spoke to your heart and said, I, I need the baptism. God has calling me as he did those to the upper room. He's calling me to that place. Well, as Paul prayed, I'm about to pray right now. But it's not my prayer that's going to get your need met. It's your faith. How desperately do you desire it? How hungry are you for it? How passionate are you for a Pentecostal experience in your life? Maybe you've had it. Maybe you still operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But I want everybody all over the church to lift your hands to heaven. And we're going to pray as we close in prayer right now.